Hi, this is the Home Bodies Yoga Podcast, and I'm Rebecca Hirsch, and this is our 17th episode. In this podcast, I ask people what they do when they unroll their yoga mat and tell you a little bit about what's going on on mine. If you have a question about your yoga practice or a suggestion for a guest, please email me at rebecca at homebodiesyoga.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Homebodies Yoga Podcast. To find out more about each show, please go to our website, homebodiesyoga.com. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, yeah, I really would appreciate it if you did rate and review and subscribe because it helps people find the show and that helps our community to grow. So if you could be so kind, I, don't, I hate to tell you what to do, but if you would, I would love it if you would do that. Uh, So I have some news today. I have decided that this podcast will be, rather than every Friday, I'll be putting one out every other Friday. So is that that bi-monthly or is that bi-weekly? I always mix those up. Anyway, it'll be every other week. And there's a couple reasons for that. The first is that I just had no idea what I was doing when I put out this podcast. So I didn't realize how much work it was and I didn't realize how long each show would be and so the show that's like about every about an hour like every week's kind of a lot so I'm doing I'm going to start putting and maybe I'll go to every week again but for now it's going to be every other week um and I just to give me some more time to like really polish the shows in a way that I'm you know, just to make them better. And also, oh, also I have this new opportunity to teach, which I can't really talk about yet, but I'm really excited about that. And there is some work involved that I really need to buckle down and do. So yeah, so it'll be every other week. If you really miss me, you can of course email me, Rebecca at homebodiesyoga.com. You could find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm not really on Facebook that much. Mostly I use it to sell my son's old stuff. But if you message me, I definitely message you back. Um, but yeah, find you can find me. I'll be around. Um, yeah. So my practice has been really interesting because uh, you know, for the last well, I taught a little bit when Hudson was a little baby, but really hardly. You know, for the last so for the last almost two years, he's almost two. I really haven't been teaching. So this idea of teaching and this having to start planning classes or getting to start planning classes feels really fun um it's like this part of me that's been kind of dormant and it's kind of waking back up and it's just a different feeling when you're um practicing yoga to teach rather than for yourself not that for yourself isn't good of course it's like saved my life these last two years but uh it's also it's just it's just uh, fun to go back to kind of the teacher's perspective and you know think about what I want to convey in my classes and uh, the the way to do that and which poses I find interesting and what poses I think other people might find interesting and, you know, different sequences. So, um, yeah, that's been really fun. I feel, like, excited about it, and it's just really nice to have a kind of a different perspective um, during, you know, it's kind of, I don't know about you, but, like, the hitting the year mark of this COVID reality has been a little rough. So having a new opportunity is, is really helpful. I think, um, and just like the fact that people are getting vaccinated and it's like so close, like it feels like, or sometimes like the last, when you know you're close to the end, that's even harder. Like, Oh gosh, is it really two more months before we're all vaccinated? 
don't know. I don't want to get sidetracked. We don't need to talk about that. So yeah, so my practice has been kind of more directed at that. And I've been, you know, checking out more classes online because I feel like I have no idea like what's going on in the yoga community. And I just want to make sure I can make a, you know, like have some an offering that makes any sense at all because I've just been doing like weirdo stuff on my own on my own mat um alone (laughs) so just like kind of trying to see where other teachers are coming from and you know what angles people what people are enjoying and and all that kind of stuff which has been interesting um yeah well I mean I've been really loving Valerie Starr's classes so if you haven't checked her out yet Valerie Starr Yoga go to her website she has classes on there um if you like, like, just, like, really, or like, really creative, feel-good flows, like, if you just want a yoga practice where you, like, feel like you worked, but you also feel good, and it feels, like, creative and fun with a really good playlist, check her out. I really recommend her. She's my friend, but I would recommend her anyway. The fact that she's my friend just makes me proud. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Valerie Starr. Her, this is not her, but I've also been taking, like, more kind of, like, uh, well-known you know, like really well-known yoga teachers just to see what they're doing and it's kind of interesting the things that yoga teachers say when when they're teaching like one thing I feel like that comes up a lot that I've heard like two teachers say in the week which is the way you do everything the way you do one thing is the way you do everything it's just not true like the way that I go for a run is totally different than the way I serve my son breakfast like the way it's just not true. And I find it really manipulative. Like it's like, you know, forcing people perhaps to do something they don't want to do in physically, like, you know, a a yoga practice, or they say it in Peloton a lot or a workout practice. It's like manipulating them into thinking that if they don't do whatever it is that, that they're like a bad person because that's the way they do everything. Like the way they do everything is they need a rest or something. It's bullshit. Infuriates me. Valerie Starr would never, just so you know, she doesn't say that. I mean, other teachers, who I won't say, uh, drives me nuts. And just, yeah, I feel like there are a lot of kind of niceties, or they're not nice, but things people say without thinking when they're teaching. And that's one thing, that's like one of my goals, is to like really be specific about what I say and how I say it, because... I don't know, words are just so powerful, and it can really hit you, like, in different ways. Um the way you do everything is the way you do one thing is the way you do everything like it's just so stupid it's like mean to say to someone um (laughs) does that make sense i don't know uh and then yeah so i've been like kind of thinking just more broadly too about like the wellness world and how there are all these things now these like ways to track your wellness like you know you can track your they have like these glucose monitors for just like regular use. They've got step counters. They've got calorie count. Like there's just like so many ways that you can check like how you're doing, like what your wellness is. Uh, and I think that this is why I like keep coming back to the yoga practice because there's no way to check it. Like you have to listen to yourself. Like you have to think like, how did that pose make me feel? You have to like feel how it feels. Like you can't put on a heart monitor like you do in Peloton and it'll tell you how hard you worked or how much output you have. You know, like in the yoga practice, really, you just have to pay attention and notice if you feel better or worse after you do something or during it. Which is, I just think, like, 
there's no, I don't know. It reminds me when I was in the hospital for my ear infection, they, uh, you know, they do all of this blood work, like tons and tons of blood work. It's crazy. Um, and of course I'm like reading it all. Cause like, what else do I have to do? And there were a couple like hormone numbers or just like numbers where it's like, you know, on the higher range of the healthy range. And I'm like asking my doctor about each one, like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Cause like, I, of course I want like a perfect score. I want an eight plus on my blood. And she was like, yeah, that's not really like the way that we treat. Like, you know, of course, if it was like a serious issue with, with my blood work, they, they would treat it or, or deal with it. But she was like, you know, in the healthy range or like, you know, mostly we listen to how you feel. Like if you're feeling good and things are, you're feeling well and you're feeling like yourself, like these numbers aren't as important. And it felt so good because I feel like there's this like, I don't know, judgment about Western medicine, um, which I've definitely taken part in, um, even though I've had nothing but good experiences. Well, you know, pretty good experiences with the medical profession. Um, and it just felt like so nice to have a doctor tell you like, no, like, we listen to how you feel <laughs> like the way you feel matters. And I think, I don't know, I, I feel like the wellness, I don't know, corporate, the corporations of wellness in this country are always maybe the reason that they're constantly wanting us to monitor things like our blood sugar and monitoring all these different aspects of our health is so that they can sell us more stuff. Because when you feel bad about yourself, you buy stuff. I don't know, just something I'm kind of kicking around. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I won't go too much further into this because I'm really excited about our guest today, Catherine Otis. Uh, Catherine uh, is a yoga instructor and actor. Um, she was one of my first yoga teachers. And um, her excitement and enthusiasm about the practice is just contagious. Uh, she when I, I just being in her classes, like if you were in like a blue mood or like kind of a lazy mood, like she, whatever she was, it was that she was teaching, she could just get you so excited about it. Um, yeah. And just like, she's always been like a wonderful coworker, which I think says a lot about a person. If they're a good coworker, you know, like it was great to work alongside her. We worked both at Laughing Lotus for a few years. Um, yeah. So, we talk a lot about how <laughs> COVID has affected all of our practices as mothers. Uh, she is also currently being a preschool mother to a preschool teacher to her child, Elliot. And I apologize because you can hear, well, you, there's one really cute part I left in of her sweet son, Elliot. But then throughout the interview, you can hear my son screaming. He was being taken care of by his father. Uh, but he had a lot of things to express that day. So you can hear him just, you know, every once in a while, just letting out a good scream. So I hope that just encourages you to let your feelings out. You know, like if you're, don't bottle it in, be like Hudson, because he wakes up in a good mood every single day. You feel like screaming, just scream, whatever. Who cares if your mom's on an interview? He doesn't. Uh, and then also, uh, at the end, we kind of, our internet kind of got a little dodgy. So the quality is not good so I kind of ended it without saying goodbye but you can just imagine there's like some pleasantries at the end so here is Catherine Otis well welcome Catherine thank you so much for being here oh my pleasure Rebecca thank you for having me 
So Catherine, I know you from years ago. You were actually one of my first yoga teachers when I got like truly serious about the yoga practice. So in my teacher trainings and when I was a new teacher, I was definitely one of my like first, I would say serious yoga teachers, <laughs> not that you're serious, but the, when I was starting to take my practice really seriously. Um, and I actually really remember, you probably don't, but the last time I saw you, you were very newly pregnant with Elliot. Um, and you were like, oh, I have a secret. And, uh, and you were teaching all over the Bay Area then, just like so many different studios, yep. um, leading teacher trainings, all of these things. Um, so that was now, how old is Elliot? He's four. So that was four years ago. Yeah, so- we were a little over four, four years plus nine months <laughs> or something, some change. Yeah, around there. Um, so what are you up to now? How are things going? Things are great. I mean, really being a parent is for sure like the most advanced yoga pose you'll ever be <laughs> in, you know, because you are like, you have lines of energy everywhere, you know, like where did that toy go? And like, what am I trying to build this child towards? You know, you're really aware of so many different things as a parent. Um, so I've been really focused on that, especially since the pandemic has hit. Um, but I'm also really um, also have been teaching, um, you know, up until March, um, you know, on the weekends. And now I'm just running to like really give myself my yoga practice and find those pockets of time where I can really um, go deep with myself and ask like the big questions of like, what will be meaningful for me, you know, on my deathbed and what will, what do I want to accomplish and what do I want to um you know, woman fest, <laughs> as they say. So, um, yeah, I'm just rebuilding. I mean, I'd say we just moved as well over to the East Bay. So there's a lot of that sense of reconnecting to the commute to the communities that are here and um, to students and and friends that are here, um, as well as maybe even potentially wanting to study more myself and do more training. Um, but really, I'm just like loving my beautiful life and, you know, putting dinner on the table and, you know, finding beauty in, you know, simple, you know, times in the garden and what it is that we're going to focus on day, you know, day to day for preschool, just like putting my creative energy into my family and into um, our space. So that's really what I've been up to, <laughs> you know, certainly since the pandemic. So. Which anybody, well, I think everyone knows whether you have kids or not, that is actually the biggest yoga practice ever and much more difficult than teaching classes. Although teaching classes is challenging, that is, (laughs) um, as the mom of a two-year-old, definitely feel that. Um, Are you having time to practice any kind of yoga or meditation for yourself? I do. Um, You know, my, my partner, James, gives me a lot of time, like, you know, on the weekends where he'll just take Elliot. And then I do have times really to sit with myself and, and practice. Of course, you know, when I sit down to practice, it's very different than when I was like, you know, teaching a two, three, like gung ho, let's go, go, go. I I find that my practice has changed a lot. Um, so because my body has changed a lot, I'm kind of meeting that. Um, so yeah, I try to make it some physical, expression of the practice every day. And then those, those pockets of really like deep 
questioning and answering and listening. Um, those are probably like, I'd say weekly, you know, um, but I, I just don't have the same amount of time or, uh, you know, unlimited time, I'd say to just have my practice, you know, be everything, which of course I'd love to get back to that more. Um, but it is showing up and it shows up, like I said, in, in simple ways that I show up for my family, but also in simple ways that I can, you know, practice self-care and, um, really just roll out the mat and start practicing. <laughs> so yeah, Elliot also will like often just teach me yoga poses. So <laughs> you know, like very humbled by that. Does he make them up? Yes. <laughs> Does he have like a signature? Well, right now he's really into being a cheetah. So he has that move down. Um, okay. I don't know if there is a, a cheetah pose, uh, <laughs> but you know, he has, has made one. Like a, you know, it's like a lunging type, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's creative, right? It's like yogis were creative in ancient times. Like, hey, let's, pre- let's pretend to be a tree. You know, let's pretend to be this or that. And, um, okay. There we go. Uh, so yeah, I, it's just trying to, I mean, I have a yoga loft, I have the yoga space, I have like those pockets of time, but it'll be nice when it's like, you know, nine to five or nine to three or, you know, some like elementary school pockets of time, which seems like a longer um, piece for just me. Definitely. Is there, um, so I know you've been into mantra before and you've been really into meditation before. Is there um, like a when you're doing this, this, this deep questioning, is this in a journal? Are you meditating? Is it a combo? I'm meditating. Um, I'm meditating on like work specifically, um, about the direction I want to take my work and, uh, in the world. And part of me is really drawn right now to become a preschool teacher and really like make that my path. Um, and, have yoga still be part of it. Um, and then part of me is also really like thinking of like, well, what would I want to accomplish with yoga? You know, is that like creating a yoga center or is that, you know, like working on my brand, which of course I've never really been so keen on, you know, so focused on. Um, so yeah, I'm just sitting with kind of how I will reemerge as, um, a mom, as a yogi, as a, as a creator, um, in the world. And that's kind of all just sort of there when I, when I sit with myself, that those are the things that I'm kind of coming up against. So, or coming and meeting. I I feel like that is such a, it's definitely experience I'm having. Like that is such a common experience. This like after your, your child is sort of ready to meet the world a little bit more and needs you less, and then it's like, do I go back to my old job or, or what do I do? Like, what right. should I do? Um, and then I think that's just compounded with the pandemic. Cause I think a lot of people, whether or not they have kids are asking that, like, what do I do now? Like, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess personally, when I have those questions, I get so anxious. I can't even think about them. Like my anxiety, um, is really intense about things like decisions for the future. And I, 
And as I, I just know that you have a lot more experience in meditation. So to me, that's experience being uncomfortable because <laughs> that's what meditation is. Um, so do, do you have any advice? Like, how do you sit with that? Is it also difficult? Does it ever get easier? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I don't try to fix it in one sitting, you know, mm. I just try to like really stay with the discomfort, stay with what's present, stay with what the feelings are, the sensation is. And, and I'm just trying to feel what's strongest in me, you know, what's vibrating the strongest in me and where the love is, you know, where the, the urge and the sort of motivating factor is that's coming from me, not from some external or some sense of should. Um, and I feel like I'm giving it time, you know, mm -hmm. I'm giving it time. And, um, I think, I think the more I, I visit the space, the clearer it gets. Um, but you know, Hey, I'm still, I'm still just sitting with it all. It's also like sitting with the big, the big questions too, of like, um, where do I need to be? What do I need to accomplish? What do I want to give? You know, like all of these things, these gifts and these um, strengths and all of this energy that I want to give now, not only to my child and to my family, but how it, into the world, how do I want to be of service? You know, and on some, some level, it's so simple and it, it could be so immediate, but it's such a profound question. So yeah, I feel it's okay that there's anxiety there. It's okay that we don't answer it in one sitting. It's okay that we might need to like journal about it as well and, and feel the different levels there of what's, what's present. Um, and then, you know, eventually an answer will come to us, but it isn't so much through that thinking, but I think anytime I have anxiety, like I just try to take it really slow on my mat and like stay low to the ground <laughs> and like, you know, grab a belt and, you know, jump in and just try to get grounded in my body as much as possible. So if I'm feeling like, oh my God, there's so many things in my mind right now, I, I might not sit, you know, that might not be the right um, way to balance myself. It'd be more of like, maybe moving a little bit or doing a few breathing practices and then maybe sitting might help or finding a mantra that works for you, you know, like Om Namah Shivaya or whatever mantra works for you that, you know, resonates with you. Um, and then there may be a moment of quiet, of hearing, of listening to what's there, but you know, it's a long kind of practice. And then eventually the, clarity comes right but it's not so much through thinking your way out of the problem but it's sort of feeling your way out if that makes sense yes it's i think it's a it's an i can intellectually understand you but it's something i'll forever be working on i fear yeah <laughs> um, what are your what are your thoughts about what could be next oh for me personally well yeah. Um, that is funny. I am in a very similar position to you where I kind of am very lucky to have a lot of options. Um, yeah. but that is also terrifying in some ways. Um, so this podcast is something I'm finding interesting. I'm missing teaching to be honest. I really am, but zoom teaching just doesn't, 
I think similar to you, I'm like, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to teach, I want to be in person. And if I can't teach in person, I'd rather just practice on my own, honestly, if I have time. Yeah. And with, you know, with our littles, it's like carving out an hour. And then for me to teach over zoom, I'm like, I would really just rather practice if I had that hour, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. And (laughs) because so much happens interpersonally with people and, and after the pandemic hit, I really realized like that dopamine hit that we get after like after class. And it's not so much an egoic hit. It's actually like, just, I see you. It's like the power of namaste and you see me in my highest. And then we can really like say namaste to each other. And it's this wonderful thing. We vibrate out in the world that, and it's, it's harder to do through a screen I'm finding. I mean, or to have that feel like it's the same exchange, the same sort of darshan, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we just have to be honest that it's not the same. I don't, I don't think it can be to be able to like, I don't know, be in a room with people. <laughs> like, I just want to be in a room with some people <laughs> and breathe with people. <laughs> yeah. like, everybody's like, "Don't breathe on me." <laughs> I know. I breathe with you, people. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And. And, and there's so much to like, you know, when you have a little one and then you just sort of like burn through a lot of the excess, like the, the well is sort of drained with like, you know, the sleep, uh, sleep regressions and the sleep deficits and whatnot, like you have a whole well to fill back up. And, and so I feel like that's where I am with it is like, I just want to fill my well right now before offering again the practice I love so much, you know, to people in space and time. Yeah. I will say for me personally, what has made me want to teach again has been having childcare because my husband's parents have been watching Hudson twice a week, but it took, I know, (laughs) I know it's, um, we're very, very lucky. Um, But it took a long time of me getting to practice on my own to be like, Oh, I feel like I have something now, you know, to give, but yeah, it's, I think it it took months to till I felt that way. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, what you were saying that your practice has changed a lot uh, in the last since becoming a mom. Uh, how how has it changed your physical practice or asana practice? Well, so for starters, I gained a ton of weight. So you know, like doing um, some arm balance or some like twist into a bind. It's like, Oh, and there's a bit more of a belly here now, you know? And, and so like all of that is, you know, is the way it is. But, um, also, you know, I had from nursing like my wrist and my elbow, you know, I don't want to weight bear on my wrist and my elbow right now. Cause there's some like still, you know, chronic injury there. So, I'm not doing like 21 chaturangas in a minute, you know? And, um, so I may do one, you know, and I, and I feel like if I can stick a juicy chaturanga at the wall with my heels, digging in at the wall and maybe even a block under my pelvis, like I feel good. (laughs) Um, but mainly like the approach I think has slowed down. Um, like I often will approach from the ground or like approach starting with a standing pose. Um, I studied with Sean Helene for a long time pre-pregnancy. So that alignment um, mindset and also like Iyengar sort of influence 
has changed things where I sort of will do it on one side, do it on the other side, and then like want to go and do it exactly the same way again on the other side, you know, and um, watch what's happening more inside of my body and stay in a pose a little bit longer, really to feel the lines of energy. Um, so in that way, it's, it's, it's changed quite a bit. I, I don't know if I could teach vinyasa anymore without feeling a little bit like this is not right for me. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I've turned into more of a flow, Hatha flow uh, gal in general. And I was teaching that way before the pandemic. Um, but I'll, honestly, like a longer hold, like even some yin to me, that is nourishing. My nervous system is what I really want to work on when I do yoga. And um I feel like as I slow down and hold a pose a little bit longer and let my muscles and my, you know, nerve, my connective tissue and nervous system sort of relax and be there without having to sort of adjust it and change it and try to feel like I need to perfect it. Um, there's a lot accomplished there in that space for me right now. Um, just for, you know, what the yoga is, right. The counter pose to the rest of my life, which is very active, very like, you know, external. So I'm just creating the counter, which is sort of an internal practice. Um, so yeah, that's, I've also recently been diagnosed with a, a abnormal heartbeat. So I'm not trying to hit it strenuous and get like this work out. I'm trying to like, actually just like feel where I am, you know? So yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds really great to feel where you are. I feel yeah. like this sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, did you did you have any um after your child birth and after your you know, having it holding a child all the time have any like reverberating injuries or like does your body feel different after that? I was extremely lucky um in my well, nursing was became difficult to me, but I did nurse till he was like nine months old. But I was extremely lucky in my childbirth experience. I actually don't talk about it that much because it happened quickly, which a lot of people are. Nobody wants to hear about it quick. Nobody wants to, But actually <laughs> pushing something out quickly does cause some issues. So I did have some stitches and there was some, uh, you know, just some things. But actually I... I physically feel not that different. I feel like it's more emotional for me. I had like postpartum anxiety, not diagnosed, but definitely got more anxious postpartum. I think partly because I was so afraid I wasn't feeding him enough, which is like a whole other mind fuck. Right. Right. (laughs) Because you're at the doctor and they're like, whatever you do, don't give him formula. Oh, but don't make sure you feed him, but don't give him this, but don't do that. And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) what should I I do? I don't know what I'm doing. That's what yeah. my baby to eat. Um, oh. So mine was much more like a, an emotional uh, response, which is like, you know, slowly as they get bigger, it just the, for me, the anxiety has like subsided because he's just like getting more and more solid, not, not even growing, but just like, you know, he's more of a person. Oh That's yeah. Like terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like you would break him for some reason or not. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. It's, it's so scary. They tan you this little seven pound thing. They're like, see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, it's so striking because so much of pregnancy is about the mother, the mother, the mother. And then the baby comes out and the baby's like, 
oh, the baby, the baby, the baby. mother, <laughs> you know, mother. <laughs> I want to look at the baby. And it's, yeah. it's this thing of like, well, you know, every mother needs to be mothered. You know, every mother needs somebody to hold her hand and to show her the ropes um, a little bit, you know, or to tell her, you know what, I did it that way, but you don't have to, you know, you'll figure it out or you're doing a great job. And like, I, I definitely felt sort of the deficit of that, like the lack of having a mother who mother made, you know, or a culture that would mother me <laughs> as being a new mother. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there's a whole, a lot we could go into, but I feel like, especially, I feel like as yoga teachers, we spend our time like nurturing and nurturing other people and like being there for them, being like this, like safe space. And then you have a baby and you're like nurturing them in the safe space. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, <laughs> I need a space. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, yeah, I think part of coming out of new motherhood for me has been like figuring out how I find my, how I nourish myself for yeah. once. <laughs> You yeah. know, honestly. And part of that was like not having my yoga teachers anymore, which I think I needed. I needed time to learn how to get, take care of myself a little bit, like in my yoga practice and in my life, you know? Yes. And you know, what's so powerful about this practice is like, it's already made a, like a tattoo inside of you. Th those seeds are already planted. Mm -hmm. So no matter, you know, how long it goes that you somehow focus on another being and taking care and nurturing them, you know, you know that you can follow that seed back inside of yourself and create that environment, that bhavanam again, you know, it's there, it's there. So it's like riding a bike, but it's, you know, a different bike. It's like <laughs> riding, it's like a different vehicle, but you know, you can enter that space anytime, which is so powerful. And I don't take that for granted at all. Yeah, it really, it really is. It's, I feel so lucky that confused 21 year old me was got into yoga. Like how lucky that I have this to fall back on. Because right. <laughs> right. when did you start doing yoga? I started, I started through acting. So I started in high school as a warm up for acting. And then, you know, at NYU, we did a, Jiva Mukti was across the street off Lafayette. So um, they had a Jiva Mukti teacher come in and we were listening to, you know, like Hare Krishna and we nobody knew what it was. You know, we were just listening to, you know, ecstatic music and then doing sun salutations and, you know, getting a lot of energy, you know, ramped up in our bodies for scene study. But there was, you know, a real sort of... Uh, I guess pregnancy or like, I felt like that sort of laid a little impression in me that sort of began to grow and, and grow and grow and grow until I, after I graduated from college, I, I really wanted to go deep into yoga more than anything. And so I would spend hours at integral yoga studio in New York and, you know, like found the laughing Lotus and some great teachers and, just really couldn't get enough yoga. I was so, I had such a hunger for it to learn more. And, and, you know, it's so wonderful. There, there's such a huge growth immediately. Like when you take in the practices and you, the philosophy and, and, you know, the asanas, of course, it's, it's like you grow so much so quickly. And, 
you know, then it's like the plateau, like what do you do when you plateau? And it's that kind of turning yourself on again and looking at a different part of the practice, you know, mantra, or, or maybe it's like, you know, yantra or some other part meditation for a different look at the sort of same world. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I started. Um, and so I've sort of been half acting, half yoga for a long, most of my, most of my teaching career. Um, but you know, I think yoga keeps me sane. Yoga keeps me like grounded in the person that I am. And so that I can do all of the other things that I want to do with my life as well. Um, like have a family, you know, you, when I knew you as a teacher, uh, you were acting and also teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and while like, I definitely felt that you had like great, you know, um, you were great at like projecting your voice. You never, I've definitely, I've had the experience of having instructors who feel like they're acting when they're teaching. Mm. And I did not have that experience ever with you. Um, How did you separate that? Because I could see, I could kind of see how if you were used to being on the stage, you could start to think of your yoga mat as a stage when you're teaching. Um, But I didn't, never had that experience with you. Was that conscious for you? Or were you just really able to separate those two things? Man, I mean... (laughs) it's a hard question, right? Cause it's like, how do we peel our ego away from who we are in front of the world? But I guess I always wanted, and I still do want to teach from a place of like experience, like whether it's, you know, I've experienced my monkey mind, I've experienced the depression I've experienced, um, you know, grief I've experienced fill in the blank and teaching from that, you know, see how you could like sit down and pretend to be a yoga teacher but I feel like we're actually entering this really sacred bond and uh, marriage between teacher and student like we're really like connecting to the ages on some level like I feel like we're I feel the presence of like all the people that brought the teachings to me does that make sense Mm -hmm. I'm sitting with that instead of like I mean on some level I had the two parts of myself. So it's like, it could seem like maybe I was playing a yoga teacher, but I really, I really feel like I was trying to connect to people's humanity. And I mean, that's for me, the undercurrent of what acting and yoga are is like understanding our own humanity, understanding why we do what we do and trying to do it maybe a little bit better, trying to like, maybe like ease, ease our way through this journey. And Hopefully I could be of some help, you know, hopefully. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, I've always loved your classes. Um, and I think what you're saying rings very true for me because I would go to your class if it was a level two or if it was a meditation, I didn't care. I was like, oh, Catherine's teaching. I'll just go. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's fine. You we're always in the same spot. I love that. I can still imagine where you were. And I love having you there. I am also a creature of habit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think that's always what I've been drawn to in my own teacher, in my teachers is someone who has, uh, just, uh, yeah, the, this feeling of, of something to share and, and is willing and open enough to share it because it's not always easy, honestly, no, no. much easier to just pretend to be a yoga teacher than actually be one <laughs> or whatever you call it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it is that it's like, 
if you're acting like a yoga teacher, it's like you don't want to look beyond the mask or something. Yeah. You don't want to look beyond the facade of what I'm trying to project to you that I am. But then actually when you really go there, when you like show up with something like because you've actually sat with this experience because you actually know that part of yourself, hopefully it can get through. I mean, I'm hoping that it can go through the mask, go through the sort of layers, the koshas <laughs> to another person, you know, and, and reverberate. Um, but certainly I know that I'm not everybody's yoga teacher and that's okay too. You know, just like there's so many teachers cause there's so many types of people out there and people need resonate with different things. So yeah. And I mean, like you were saying, you don't want to be pigeonholed. So we all, you know, we resonate with different things at different times um, yeah. because I remember there were times when you were like very into Ashtanga, same here or very yeah. interested, you know, and like, I think part of being a good instructor or even just someone with a home practice is being willing to like change as you need to, as you see fit to, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listening, uh, listening. Yeah. I think is the big part, like listening to what you need and then making a change, changing the, the approach, changing the tool that you're using, changing, um, you know, the expectation of what it needs to look like. Um, but yeah, making, making the changes. And so you're following your truth. You're really staying grounded you know, and, and what's real, real for you. Right. Um, there is a, a fake, you know, fake it till you make it thing, which gets kind of thrown around in yoga. And, you know, often like you may sit down with a mantra practice and you're like, I don't feel like I am my divine self. Right. But you keep going and sitting there and showing up in that space. And, you know, you learn what is yourself and not yourself and hopefully resonate with what is true for, for you, you know, what you can share from your own seat. Yeah. I, so I, one thing I've been dealing with in my practice, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, but is I, um, have been trying to deal with like body image issues, not even postpartum. It's just been going on and I'm just bored of it now that I have a kid. I think I'm just like, I just am so sick of worrying about how I look. Like I'm just so bored of it. Um, and in my yoga practice, I find like, I almost wish it wasn't also a physical activity because I find it sometimes hard to take it slow, even if I, I think I might need to, or I find it hard to do you know, not sweat and not move around because I'm like so annoying. Like I can't make shake always feeling like, well, if I have an hour, I better also be like working out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I am sort of, and, and I, I really feel like because of that, I have a harder time listening to my body, which is what I want to do. Like I can, you know, occasionally listen to my body, but sometimes that voice that's like, oh, you need to work out because you only have an hour sort of takes over. Um, does that experience resonate with you or do you have any advice for someone? Because I know I'm not the only one who has this experience. Well, maybe don't make them, don't put that on your yoga practice. Maybe like if you could give yourself time to, and know that you have that time in the day to take a 20 minute walk or to get that mm. sweat in however that needs to show up um so that when you come to your yoga practice there isn't any expectations of what it looks like you know what I mean mm -hmm. um 
and that it can just really be like, is this, is this coming at, am I approaching this right now through a physical perspective? Do I need to be in a more emotional space today? And like, really, am I working with mantras and chanting and like the sacred? Am I, do I just need to create something right now and make an altar and like write my questions out and put them there? Do I need to, you know, sit and actually just like get the clarity that I really feel is there, you know, what needs to happen today? And for a lot of us, you know, movement is the way that we start the practice. Like a lot of us like kind of come and most of our culture also like approaches it through the physical. So my encouragement would just be to have maybe a tiny period of time and start really small where it isn't about physical, Mm. but actually could just be like this time for you to figure out what that answer is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really good advice. Just like a little pocket of time, like whether it's five minutes before your, your little one wakes up or whether it's, you know, if your little one's still taking a nap, that (laughs) hour and a half, or whether it's, you know, um, just finding those little pockets of time, you know, where you can just sit there and figure out maybe it doesn't even have a down dog in it. Maybe it does, you know, that, but figure, find out through listening. That's really good advice. Um, I, I think I'm thinking too big and I need to just <laughs> give, give it five minutes instead of trying to like control everything for an hour because <laughs> an hour is much. Yeah. Well, and also it's like, again, the counter pose, it's the countering, like, you know, I remember Jessica Char saying like, you know, we do our practice so that we can be in balance with our life. Right. And so what is going to bring that balance is moving around and trying to get this like exercise out of your day done. You know, is that, what effect is that going to have on the mentality that you bring to your life? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or is it just this opportunity to like drop in and maybe it's just something sensual you need to do, you know, something, something simple, like building a mon or a, you know, like a little mandala with your hands, or maybe it's something like, kicking up, making a bouquet of flowers, you know, but whatever you're doing, you're just like really trying to steep the mindfulness into that. Or maybe it is just like, yes, this part of the body really is feeling like it needs something. So then you're sitting with that and then feeling where that leads you kind of like following those, those that trail, you know? Um, But listening first, I think is a good, is a good practice. Yeah. Is, um, I just realized that Elliot probably doesn't nap. Is that right? No, he doesn't. (laughs) Wait. So how do you have time to do anything? Oh my gosh. Like, you know, you enlist him to fold (laughs) and have, you know, destroyed while you're folding. And it's a lot of doing things together. Um, there's times when James isn't working or on the weekends where I just, will take a longer dive for myself. Um, and then there's other times where he is, you know, playing with his Legos and I'm just like, okay, I'm over here with my belt again. <laughs> I'm over here <laughs> on my mat over here. You know, but it's a lot of parallel play, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, they, he could be at the playground and I'm doing triangle pose, you know, or I'm breathing in and, and really trying to think of 
what it is that I want to breathe in, you know, um, trying to connect to the day in a way of like, well, what is it that I want to connect with today? Um, finding the, the ways that the practice can show up, make like in all moments, we can choose to connect to like, Oh God, he's going to do something dangerous. Like, I'm just going to like, kind of let my mentality only be on him, but I can open it up and trust him and have some space for myself, even at the park, you know, even when I'm doing something seemingly like mundane, um, I can inside be connecting. I am so impressed that you're keeping up a practice, even being so busy during a pandemic with a four-year-old and homeschool. That is truly inspiring. But you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't look like. No, I get it. But if, yeah, no, but I know, but even to have it in your mind to be mindful is such, it's more difficult, I think, than people, than, than a lot of, I mean, it's so difficult that most people don't do it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. But also like, you know, relationship, relationship is so hard. Relationship is so hard. And so you, I mean, even there, it's like listening, seeing what, whatever is, you know, whatever the partner is saying, like, Hey, you need to look at this part of yourself, you know, like, Hey, this is you too. Like it's sitting with all of those things and, um, and, and holding those things as, as being important and, um, and day after day, creating like the beautiful life you want to live day after day, like realizing you're not just like a, you know, an object floating in space, but like the subject of your story and like, how, how is it that I want to show up today in this space? How can this be beneficial for me as well? Working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't we all working on it? Um, okay. So I was hoping we could end with a little game. Um, I will say a word and you tell me what pose you think of when I say that word powerful. Virabhadrasana one. Back bend. It's a standing pose. It's like, yes. Especially with a rope behind Ooh. with the back. Have you ever done it with a rope? Mm-mm. How do you a do really it? Long, a really long belt. Belt up the back foot and then see if you can get it over your shoulder, that belt. Ooh. And then you can take your hands behind you into like sort of, you know, gomukasana arms, but with your two hands, reaching into the belt behind you. And then you work on lifting your chest up and that makes me feel powerful. Like I might even break that belt. <laughs> I <laughs> that might. sounds so good. I'm going to try that this okay. week. It feels really good. Um, okay. I'm not going to take credit for that. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Loving. Mm, child's pose. Peaceful. Shavasana. Strong. Propose. Mm, giddy. Oh, Ustrasana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. And okay, just because you said that really awesome belt thing, I have one more question. Are there any other, like, uh, somebody who's just getting into using more props in their practice, like more alignment based. Right. Is there anything else you'd recommend? So you said there was chaturanga with your heels at the wall. Is that your heels punched into the wall? Like yeah. up again yeah. and yeah. you and lower that. You could, do, you could do a block underneath your pelvis or you could just even do chaturanga with a whole bolster underneath you. Just work oh. your arm, al- arm alignment, shoulders back and hang there for a second. 
Um, I love using the wall. So like even warrior two with a wall, with a block there between your shin and the wall, like just ways to engage, you know, like, and, and be there and, and breathe there and see what that brings to doing warrior two without a block at the wall. You know, like to me, that's the most important thing is like, the sort of layering on of sensation, you know, like you're yeah. like, Oh, now I feel what they mean by the shin moving forward or like tracking the knee over my heel. Like I feel that like, that's the benefit of the prop is to really engage like the pose so that when you're just doing the pose every other time in your life, <laughs> you remember that prop, right? The prop helped you get there a little bit more. And it also like lifts you up, you know, if you're, if you can't go quite as far, like, your hand down on the floor and triangle or whatever you can, um, and just get creative. Think about different ways you could show up with the same pose, you know, too, and figure out what you like about the pose, what you don't like about the pose, what, what's engaged, what's not engaged. Um, you know, and then do the pose like warrior two with your foot against the wall and then see what is, how does that feel? What does that give me? Um, how does, how does that change my, sense of my forward leg, you know, it, it, that you're in relationship to something that the poses themselves too, aren't meant to be like, and then there's warrior too, you know, like this stuck idea or concept. It's like, it can be alive just like you are. It needs you. It, it doesn't exist without you. First of all, that warrior one sounds like it feels so good. And then warrior two with a uh, block between your shin and the wall sounds great. It sounds really hard. <laughs> try it I will try it and try try it with the back foot and in, into the wall too that I mean if you like if you want to yeah <laughs> there's no shoulds right there's no but like if you do this kind of yoga and for long enough then you will be guaranteed enlightened or if you do it this way it's just like it's all sort of an inquiry like does this what does this do does this allow me to to kind of loosen up a little bit and let my day go and find that sort of strong presence inside of myself that can watch all of this, mm. you know, from the great seat of the yogi. Like, is is this is this going to bring more kind of chaos into my thinking or or confusion into my mind, or is this actually going to like actually stabilize me enough for a little bit? Because it's really hard <laughs> to to go beyond to go beyond that. And that's about where our internet cut out. But really after that, all we did was say goodbye and I love you and all that kind of stuff. So um, I will be sure to keep you updated on here and on my social if Catherine ends up teaching any classes. Um, I know right now she really has her hands full teaching preschool 24-7, which is real work. As she said, the most advanced yoga pose ever. Um, (laughs) So yeah. So I'll keep you updated, though, if I hear about anything from her. Um, Our yama today is brahmacharya, which it literally means to stay in contact with within one's own soul. But all of the teachers and philosophers that I really respect and have studied their translations agree that it really just means sexual celibacy um i've i've heard some teachers and people say like oh no it means like how you direct your energy but if you look at the text it's like pretty clear that's what it means um and sure it's interesting to think about like how am i directing my energy and definitely 
um, thinking about that as far as romantic relationships. Like, I mean, if I hadn't been obsessing about, I don't know, who texted me last or if I should text them or why should I call them back or why didn't they call me back or this person or this person. If I hadn't been obsessing about all of that in my 20s, like I can't even imagine what I would accomplish. I could have built a pyramid or something. Um, honestly. So, I mean, in that way, like the Yamas are on to something. Like if we're sexually celibate, there is a lot less to kind of shake up the mind. Like there's nothing that shakes you up more than uh, a new romantic relationship or sometimes even an older one. Uh, you know, your partner can really get you going in, in so many different ways, you know, good and bad. Um, so, you know, it's not advice I follow, but it is interesting advice. Like if you really want to commit to, you know, calming the mind and becoming one with the universe, one way of doing that is to not get involved in romantic relationships. And it's definitely good advice. I think that I wish I had I thought about in my 20s, like I thought about this yama in my 20s, but I wish I had adhered to more is like, you know, thinking about whether it's worth wasting your energy obsessing about, I don't know, whether or not this person will ever call me back or if they meant when they said this or, you know, what if I see him and he's working or, or whatever. Oh, gosh. Sometimes I'm just very relieved to be married, to be honest. Um, anyway, that is brahmacharya. And you, I mean, I think it is interesting to think about how you use your energy um, and the, you know, sort of not, I had a teacher who used to say like not blowing your energy all around town. <laughs> so not being kind of, you know, promiscuous with your energy, not whatever. I mean, do whatever you want sexually, but like think about how you're using your energy and, and if it's a way that's helpful to you it's you know uh like i'm watching this is an aside so you can just stop listening now i find it interesting i'm watching this reality show now called alone it's so good but it's about these people on an island and they have to like survive all alone it's vancouver island so the weather is not great and you know one of the ways to really survive when you're not eating much and it's really difficult to get enough food is like being as still and as quiet as possible like not exerting energy because like you, you can't just go eat like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever after uh so it's interesting watching them kind of like save their energy um and i feel like that that's something interesting to think about i don't think it's really what the yama means but the idea of using your energy or your time or whatever in a way that is helpful to you and those around you is definitely something to learn from um yeah so I will talk to you in two weeks. Don't miss me too much. If you miss me so much, I'll call you. Just email me and I'll send you my phone number. Okay, we can talk on the phone. Um, yeah, so have a good two weeks. Enjoy your practice.